ang pinaka-importante dyan ay ipinaglaban ng isang maliit na bansa ang rule of law. Yung rule of law, napaka-basic sa demokrasya natin. Kung walang rule of law, mahinang-mahinang ating democracy. So dumaban ang isang maliit na bansa versus isang higante at nanalo pa tayo. So yun yung feeling na sana makuha natin na courage, tumayo tayo against China. Pangalawa, nanalo tayo na uphold yung rule of law. Hello, my name is Howie Severino, a Filipino journalist. I've been doing interviews on TV for more than 20 years and now on audio. Welcome to my podcast. Magandang araw sa inyong lahat. Limang taon na ang desisyon ng International Tribunal sa The Hague, pabor sa Pilipinas, sa kaso nito laban sa China sa South China Sea. Guest ko ngayon si Marites Vitug, journalist at author ng Rock Solid, libro tungkol sa dispute sa pagitan ng Pilipinas sa China at sa pagkapanalo ng Pilipinas sa International Court. Magandang araw sa iyo, Marites Vitug. Magandang araw, Howie. Salamat sa pangungumbida sa akin sa significant day na ito sa ating history. Mm-mm. Yun nga, no? the, the case uh, ruling is five years old. No? Bakit sinasabi mong significant? Kasi, can you imagine, yung isang maliit na bansa, kagaya ng Pilipinas, pupunta sa isang international court, hahamonin yung isang higante, ang China. Dahil ang China, kineclaim nila historically na kanila yung most parts of the South China Sea. Kasi mayroon silang nine dash line. Ano yun na arbitrary yun. Gumawa sila ng nine dash lines para ang kinin yung most parts of South China Sea. So ngayon, since wala naman tayong uh, malaking navy, hindi naman tayo modern sa, uh, sa military, hindi natin sila matachallenge militarily. At saka ang constitution natin sabi, dapat uh, we should always negotiate and war is not uh, part of our policy. So, pumunta tayo sa international court. So, nagtagumpay ang rule of law, isang basic tenet ng isang demokrasya. Tanalo tayo dun sa ruling na sinasabi, malinaw na malinaw na false news pala, fake news pala yung nine dash line claim ng China. So, ang linaw ng ruling. So, ayun, uh, undisputed na ruling yon hindi kanila ang most parts of South China Sea. Itong nine dash line na sinasabi mo ay sinaksakop nito yung yung uh, pinakamalaking bahagi ng South China Sea nga, no? And then uh, sinabi nga ng uh, tribunal na walang uh, basis ito sa historical fact. Parang inimbento lang to ng uh, China para ma-justify lang yung claim niya sa sa malawak na karagatan. Yes, tsaka hawik kasama dito sa nine dash line yung malaking portion din ng West Philippine Sea na kasama sa ating 200 nautical mile exclusive economic zone. So napakahalaga ng ruling kasi kumbaga nawala yung mga cobwebs, nawala yung mga doubts sa ating um, sovereign rights sa West Philippine Sea. Okay, pero sa kabila nitong sinasabi mong significance nitong uh, international ruling, no? tila lalong lumakas at lumawak pa ang hawak ng China sa disputed area sa South China Sea. So nakatulong ba talaga ang kasong ito sa Pilipinas? Yun yung malungkot na parte. Kasi kung hawak na ng isang gobyerno itong malakas na ruling na napakalinaw na walang basis yung China's nine dash line, pwedeng gamitin na leverage sa pagnenegotiate. 
syempre ano yan eh, skillful yung diplomats mo. Yung, mm-hmm. Pero ang pinakakailangan talaga, yung presidente may political will na naniniwala na magagamit itong uh, ruling ng arbitral tribunal as leverage. Kung baga, meron kang pambato. Pag you go to the negotiating table, sabihin mo, may red lines kami, meron kaming conditions, yung sa fishing, hindi kayo pwedeng mag-fish, pero i-welcome namin yung investments nyo sa ganitong lugar. Napaka-defined dapat yung Philippine government. Saan pwedeng mag-negotiate with China at saan pwede hindi. So yun lang, uh, kung baga na nasayang ng limang taon, mm-hmm. na, at saka mm-hmm. pangalawa pa pala bago ko makalimutan, hindi tayo humingi ng international support sa mga allies natin sa Europe, sa US, sa Australia, Japan. Naalala ko, nung interview ko yung isang Japanese diplomat, tinanong ko, sabi ko bakit hindi kayo, although you made a statement na favoring the Philippines, bakit hindi consistent and sustained? Sabi niya, eh, hindi naman kayo lumalapit. Kami lang ba ang magsasalita? Hindi naman humingi ang Philippines ng tulong. So let's go back to the time of the victory. No? Uh, in-announced to July 2016, kabababa lang ni Pangulong Aquino at kauupo lang ni Pangulong Duterte. And uh, you described in your book, which was published in 2018, if I may add. no, So may dalawang taon na si uh, ang Duterte administration nung lumabas itong libro mo. Parang uh, yung Aquino team went from joy, no, because it was such a significant victory, to dismay, no, nearly overnight. Kasi nakitang nakita nila yung reaction naman ng mga official, mga senior officials ng Duterte administration, na mukang they did not share the joy of the Aquino team, no. Ikaw mismo, were you surprised at the response of the Duterte administration to the? Victory, which was a lukewarm response, no? Hindi man lang daw nakangiti si then Foreign Secretary Perfecto Yasa. He didn't seem happy about this decision. Nakakagulat kasi at that time, July 2016, was it July 12, 2016? Mm-hmm. Kung mo yung i-Google yung mga articles, commentaries from many parts of the world, pinupuri tayo. Kung baga merong uh, international joy and appreciation sa victory ng Philippines. Tapos dito sa Pilipinas, ang lungkot naman ni dating Foreign Secretary Yasa yung in-announce yung victory. In fact, yung mga reporters na nandun, nagulat din, tapos hindi sila makapagtanong, hindi nag-open forum. Dapat masaya. So, wala tayong catharsis ba? Hindi tayo nakaselebrate, hindi natin napag-usapan, hindi natin nahimay itong decision. Kasi, Sarado na. Sabi ni Yasay, uh, pag-aaralan pa nila. Tapos from then on, ano na lang, mga small groups na lang, nag-hold ng forums. Wala talagang, unlike nung time ni Aquino na mag-speech siya, i-explain niya, tapos nakakaroon ng parang national conversation, nag-uusap-usap tayo. Ngayon, bitin ang nag-celebrate lang ko, konti, dahil nga parang, ano nangyari? <laughs> So ano nga ba nangyari? Kasi ngayon, uh, five years hence, no? do we have any new information for why uh, hindi masaya yung uh, Duterte administration dito sa victory nung uh, uh, in-announce ito nung July 2016? Binalikan ko yung roots, political roots ni Duterte nung mayor siya sa Davao. Sabi ko, bakit ba? Mahal na mahal niya si Xi Jinping. Bakit ba? Very comfortable siya sa China. Remember, nung isang 
press ko niya or speech niya, sabi niya, kaya daw gustong-gusto niyang kausap yung mga Chinese kasi nagpapakain ng buffet. Ano bang tawag doon? Yung dim sum tsaka maraming Mm-mm. pagkain. Pero pagkausap, kamiting mo itong mga Amerikano, tubig lang. So, sabi ko, what? saan ang gagaling to? Where is this personal preference coming from? So, doon sa libro ni Earl Pareño, Biography of Duterte, nandun pala na nung mayor siya sa Davao, malapit na siya sa mga Filipino-Chinese, mga Chinese businessmen. Hindi ito automatic, but na-cultivate kasi kinultivate siya ng mga negosyante at naging friends niya sila. So, it's a very personal connection. So, ngayon, ang conclusion ko, yung foreign policy ni Duterte stems from his personal preferences, personal likes. Comfortable siya talaga sa China. At saka nakita din niya na, sinabi din niya na hihiram tayo ng pera sa China, kukuha tayo ng investments kasi yung reality, eh, global power sila. So, nagkaroon ng parang meeting point yung kanyang personal preference tsaka yung geopolitical reality. But could that be really true that uh, he was influenced by friendship with Chinese Filipinos? Yes. Who we, who we know, of course, uh, they could, they, their views could be very different from the Chinese governments. No, I don't want to assume that, that Filipinos of Chinese descent, and many of us do have Chinese blood, no? including myself, are automatically pro-China when it comes to geopolitical issues. That seems to be medyo narrow naman yung, yung view mo sa tao, kung ganon, no? Hindi. Na porque yung, I mean, it's just like saying, ikaw, kung may meron kang konting American blood, eh, pro-America ka na kagad versus the Philippines. Hindi, meron siyang, una, yung friendships niya sa Filipino-Chinese uh, businessmen in Davao. Nag-extend ito sa mainland Chinese businessmen. If you remember, in 2016, pagpunta niya sa Beijing, yung first trip niya, merong photo na hindi ko makalimutan talaga. I don't know if less than a dozen all men, mm-hmm. Chinese men from the mainland, they were holding a tarp. Welcome uh, President Duterte from the Friends of the Philippines Foundation. These are mga mainland Chinese businessmen to. Paano nga nakilala? Through his uh, friends, the local Filipino-Chinese businessmen. So nag-extend yung network niya. Let's assume na good faith ito. Uh, Pangulong Duterte and his administration had the best interests of the nation at heart. And uh, nagkano lang, nagkaroon lang ng competing or, or different ways of dealing with China. No? Uh, from the more confrontational stance ng Aquino administration to the friendlier stance ng Duterte administration. So after five years of this, do you think the Philippines is better off? Alam mo, let's look at data. Ha? Ni-research ko to. Kasi how, how are we better off? Dapat sabi niya kasi we will rely on China for loans, investments, ganyan. Tingnan natin yung data. Interestingly, merong bagong study, June 2021, itong Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, written by Alvin Kamba, isang Philippine scholar who has been tracking down Chinese investments. Ang sinabi niya, very interesting, nung time pala ni Pinoy, nag-increase ang Chinese foreign investments sa Philippines despite the political tension. Nagkaroon ng surge. And guess ko ano yung reason? Kasi ang ganda ng economy natin noon. So growing 6% plus. Kahit na nag-aaway, pumasok pa rin. Pero hindi siya large-scale investments. Dito naman kay Duterte, remember again, in 2016, sabi nila, $24 billion ang pledges ni 
ng China sa Philippines. Pero tingnan natin ngayon, so far, iisa lang yung major foreign investments yung dito telecommunity. So hindi umabot. And although meron tayong major projects na financed by China, yung South Rail, Bicol South Rail project, mga ongoing, yung Safe Philippines with the LGUs, ongoing din, at saka yung pinakamalaking dalawang dams, yung Kaliwa Dam, saka yung Chico Irrigation Project. Pero hindi yan naabot dun sa 24 billion. So, so are we better off? Palagay ko mas hindi. In terms of numbers lang, ha, titignan natin economically. At saka gusto ko lang ikwento ito in terms naman of foreign policy. Sa Indonesia, yung kapitbahay natin, si President Jokowi, hindi sila claimant sa South China Sea. Pero meron silang dispute with China over Natuna, yung isang fishing grounds nila. Pag pumunta ang Chinese vessels doon at magfish, dalawang beses si Jokowi dumipad papunta doon, sumakay, tapos pag-land niya, nakipag-meeting sa local fishermen, nag-cabinet meeting pa sa aboard a navy warship, tapos nag-sail pa siya. Tapos ang strong message niya sa China is that paglalaban namin to, yung sovereign rights namin dito sa pangingisda. Sabi ko, wow, ang tapang. But despite that, malaki naman ang Chinese investments and trade with Indonesia. And nung pandemic, itong binabantayan ko na yung Sinovac, kailan ba darating dito sa Pilipinas? Sino ang unang Southeast Asian country na nakatanggap ng Sinovac? Indonesia. So ang theory ko lang dito, dahil China siguro kailangan um, to deal with Jokowi parang Importante siyang ala. Of course, malaking bansa. Hindi siya acquiescent. Hindi siya oo ng oo. Lumalaban siya. So we have to treat him parang with care. Samantalang yung ating presidente, sinabi na niya from the beginning, I love Xi Jinping. We will rely on you forever. So in, sa tingin ko lang, hindi mo na siguro kailangan masyadong i-cultivate. Kasi andyan na siya eh. So we were the last, among the last. No, the last to receive vaccine in Southeast Asia. Yeah, pero at the same time, ipinagmamalaki din ang administrasyon na nakakuha tayo ng malaking donation ng uh, Chinese vaccines. So, as an act of friendship of China. Yeah, pero Howie, that's 1 million doses of Sinovac and we're buying 25 million doses. So, it's worth the donation. Di ba sabi nga ng iba, ah, <laughs> nagbigay sila ng sample. Para, <laughs> I mean, i-compare natin, 25 million doses of Sinovac bina ang dumating so far, di ko na nasundan, pero binabayaran yon to the Department of Health. Yun yung context ng donation nila ng 1 million. Well, okay, this position of uh, the Duterte administration began in, uh, as soon as it uh, assumed office no, in uh, 2016. Pero tila nagbago na. No? Uh, five years later, we're having, in a way, uh, word wars no? with China recently. You know? uh, if, if you recall, just in, just in May, no? si Foreign Secretary Teodoro Luxin uh, tweeted supposedly some undiplomatic language no? Yung suggesting that uh, China get the F out <laughs> oh, uh, as, uh, as uh, the Philippines and China were engaging uh, in this war of words. No? And then, uh, apologized pa siya later on. You know? So, do you think nagbago Bago na rin. Uh, itong at least yung tono and then maybe yung position ng Pilipinas vis-a-vis uh, -vis China. Alam mo, confusing signals kasi yan eh. Yung sinasabi ni uh, Foreign Affairs Secretary Roxin at yung sinabi dati ni Defense Secretary Lorenzana, never 
yung words na yun na nanggaling sa lips ni Duterte. Hindi niya sinabing umalis yung mga Chinese vessels. Never niya sinabi yun. So parang ang nakikita ko, pinapagsalita niya yung defense secretary niya at saka foreign secretary niya. Parang siya above the fray. So meron siyang pagsabihin ni, ng China, oh, tignan mo yung foreign secretary mo at saka yung defense. Sabi niya, pang-release lang yan ng, ng steam. In the public opinion was against the China, di ba? Yung incursion ng hundreds of ships nila sa Julian Felipe Reef. Hmm. So kung walang gagawin yung Philippine government, talagang mag- magiging intense, mag-intensify. At doon ako nagulat kasi wala namang ganung protest nung nag-swarm ang Chinese ships sa pag-asa. Pero nung Julian Felipe Reef, bakit ang daming hostility against China? So I think kaya, although sinabi na ni Duterte, huwag na magsasalita yung defense secretary niya. Only the Foreign Affairs Secretary. So meron pa rin siyang kumbaga deniability. Kung manggagaling sa kanya directly, yun ang strong message. Pero hindi, above the phrase siya eh. Okay, let my, let my impulsive Foreign Secretary speak and we can always talk naman behind just one phone call kay Xi Jinping or whoever. Nag-usap na si Duterte with the Chinese ambassador. Nung ito, nung panahon ng Julian Felipe Reef. So anong pinag-usapan nila? Anong talking points? Walang transparency. So ibig sabihin, okay, magsalita si Luxin, magsalita si Lorenzana, pero quietly, nag-usap na rin ang president sa Chinese ambassador. So what did he say? Was, did he assure them na just relax, this is just, you know, to please some of the public that's protesting against China. So yun nga, there's a game na Ano bang tawag? He's a game na he's playing it. It's two-sided. So you think, so kasi kung ganon, basically what you're saying, if it's a game that's, that seems to have some tactical preparation behind it, it's not, maybe the confusion is deliberate? Kasi sabi mo nga, it's, a, it's not just, a, just a, not just a matter of people not talking to each other and just saying things off the top of their heads. Parang, tak, parang may tactics ito na involved. There's a pattern eh. Instinctive kay Duterte yan. Uh, instinctive yung uh, hindi coherent. In the same breath, he will say two different things. For example, sa VP, sabi niya, ah, hindi, political posturing lang yan. Para hindi ako gamiting going lame. Then the next sentence, oh, consider me muna as VP. He also said very openly, sabi niya, nung pinag-uusapan na yung visiting forces agreement with the US, sabi niya, oh, Bigyan nyo kami ng bakuna. Vaccines for VFA. So, hindi ko rin alam kung pinag-isipan to or again, instinctive sa kanya. Oh, bigyan mo muna kami ng bakuna. Dito muna ako sa China. Kasi hindi sila humihingi ng down payment sa Sinovac. Kayo humihingi. So, bigyan nyo kami ng bakuna. Well, related to all this, no, yung statements nila tungkol dito sa international ruling uh, that's uh, marking its fifth year this month. Ano? Some of the latest statements uh, from Duterte doesn't seem to have uh, clarified things. Kasi Pangulong Duterte seems to have, you know, seems to have turned around and supported the ruling di ba? Uh, before the UN when he was reading from a prepared speech. But... Back in May, during a press con, he called it a piece of trash, no? Or a piece of paper that should be thrown in the waste basket. <laughs> na, and then his uh, senior officials, uh, si Secretary Lorenzana, si Secretary Roque, uh, kind of had to walk it back, no? Uh, parang, no, the, the real sentiment is what he said at the UN. <laughs> parang ganon, no? 
Pero sabi ng mga reporters na nagko-cover kay President Duterte, kung hmm. ano yung off-the-cuff remarks niya, yun yung straight from sa kanya. Kasi kung nagbaba siya ng speeches, straight from DFA yun eh, straight from Department of Foreign Affairs. Ang sinasabi mo, may personal opinion si President Duterte, but the official position of the Philippine government is different. That's also confusing. Kasi you would think that the president speaks for his government, pero yung sinasabi mo nga, yung galing sa DFA, which is our foreign policy department is saying one thing, the president is saying another thing. So, kung ano man yung sinasabi ni Pangulo, yun talaga yung personal feelings niya, which is different from the DFA. So, parang, uh, for, for outsiders trying to understand all of this, parang, we're just, you know, we're just scratching our heads. But, uh, again, kung may assumption tayo na good faith, no, that he has the nation's best interest at heart, no, the way someone would look at this is, Ang natutuwa lang dito, yung China. No? <laughs> Kasi mukhang magulo tayo, mukhang yung nga, hindi coherent yung lumalabas sa gobyerno, yung nagmum- nagmumura itong isa, beshi naman yung salita <laughs> naman ng itong kabila na pangulo. So, yung natutuwa lang dito ay yung ating kalaban dito sa international ruling. Well, kasi nga ambiguous sa atin. Hindi strong, hindi united, hindi isa yung ating position. Talagang lalabas ang Philippines na weak. Tsaka dito, habang nag-aaway tayo or habang hindi coherent nga yung position, especially ni Philippine President Duterte, tuloy-tuloy yung incursions sa Julian Felipe Reef. Hundreds of ships. Hindi titigil dyan. I'm sure meron na namang another wave of militia ships na darating when or where. It's anybody's guess. Pero tuloy-tuloy yan. Okay, let's go back to the ruling. No? Uh, is there a different scenario where nagamit yung ruling para hindi mangyari yan, yung sinasabi mong sitwasyon? That we, that our, these territories are being overrun no? uh, by uh, Chinese ships. And uh, essentially, China is just having its way with uh, these areas that they're claiming. No? Meron bang alternative scenario kung iba? yung naging stance ng Philippine government from the time na nagruling nga yung The Hague Tribunal. Hey guys, this is Joseph Morong. Looking for news and the latest information? We've got you covered. Watch Jimmy News and Public Affairs Stand for Truth. The digital newscast where you can find the biggest stories of the day and analysis on the issues that matter to you. Hosted by me and powered by our young mobile journalists. Watch Stand for Truth. You can find it on GMA News and Public Affairs Facebook and YouTube channels. This is where we stand. We stand for truth. Okay, let's go back to the ruling. No, uh, is there a different scenario where nagamit yung ruling para hindi mangyari yan yung sinasabi mong sitwasyon that we that are these territories are being overrun no? uh, by uh, Chinese ships. And uh, essentially, China is just having its way with uh, these areas that they're claiming. No? Meron bang alternative scenario kung iba yung naging stance ng Philippine government from the time na nagruling nga yung The Hague Tribunal? Yung mga Chinese scholars, sinasabi nila, China wants to gain international respect. They care about their global reputation. Yun ang sinasabi nila. So, pwede namang ang Philippines 
yun yung plano nga ng Aquino administration. Akala nila makukuha yung matatapos yung ruling time nila, ready na sila with um, uh, statements of support. Kinausap na nila yung mga ibang ASEAN member, ang ASEAN, kinausap na ang EU, yung Western allies, para bang kumbaga uh, there is world opinion, hindi naman the entire world, but the major allies' opinion to help the Philippines kasi hindi pwedeng bilateral ito. Kasi ang China gusto nila, tayong dalawa na lang mag-usap bilateral. Hindi eh, yun ang gusto nila kasi strong sila and we're weak. Pero kung tayo naman, we can get the support of our allies in the West at saka yung ASEAN. Of course, hindi naman united ng ASEAN, but at least to support our uh, ruling, may pressure yun sa China. Kasi yun ang sabi nila, they, they want to be a global power. Gusto nila marespeto din sila. So I'm sure meron din silang wiggle room ba na pwede naman silang makipag-work with uh, these multilateral organizations at iba't ibang countries. At saka marami pang pwedeng gawin yung Pilipinas, Howie. There's this UP Marine Scientist Professor, si Deo Onda, I'm sure narinig nyo na. He's been advocating na ang Philippines mag-convene ng mga claimant countries at mag-declare ng marine protected area. Alam mo, ang ganda nun kasi kung united yung claimant countries at sabihin ito, fishing ground, marine protected area, stronger versus China na we'll take a second, um, we'll think, take a second look kung papasok ba sila dyan at gagawa uli ng fishing. So maraming pwedeng gawin at in fact, through the years, ang dami ng suggestions including on marine scientific research, marine protected areas, from Jay Batong Bakal, from, profess, uh, from Justice Carpio. Kinoconsider ba yung mga suggestions na yan ng uh, Duterte administration Hindi. sa palagay mo? Hindi. Oh, kasi, oh, 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 ma yeah, madalas mo marinig yung pananaw ni Pangulong Duterte na ang options lang talaga ng Pilipinas ay friendship with China or war with ay, China. Maling-mali yun. Kasi ang daming nuances, ang daming options na hindi naman kaagad i-enforce mo yung tribunal ruling, pero merong small gains eh. Merong, for example, ang Vietnam, lumapit sa ating Foreign Affairs Department para i-renew na yung talks na mag-decide na tayo ng ating boundary, maritime boundary or ocean boundary agreement, which we have with Indonesia para malinaw. Eh, time ni Duterte ito, hindi na natuloy. Hindi na siya tinake up. So may mga ganon, may bilateral, may multilateral, small efforts. May ginagawa ang Pilipinas, may ginagawa ang Pilipinas with other claimant countries, may ginagawa ang Pilipinas with other countries in the West and Europe. Marami, ang daming options talaga. Pero yun nga, unfortunately, binary lang eh. It's a false options yung pinapakita niya sa atin. Narinig na rin natin yung argument na kasalanan naman ng Aquino administration itong sitwasyon ngayon because it was Aquino administration that lost Scarborough Shoal. No? Uh, hindi naman sa ilalim ni Pangulong Duterte nangyari yan. Nung, uh, if you recall the standoff no? uh, sa Scarborough Shoal, we, we had uh, Philippine ships there, the Chinese had ships there, and then uh, my supposed deal brokered by the United States government for a simultaneous uh, withdrawal, ang Pilipinas sumunod, ang China hindi. In effect, kumbaga, we just left Scarborough Shoal to the Chinese. Diba? And now, uh, yung mga allies ni Pangulong Aquino, dating Pangulong Aquino, are 
kind of blaming uh, President Duterte for further Chinese uh, incursions and assertions when ang pinakamalaki or isa sa pinaka-significant nga na incursion nangyari sa Scarborough Shoal sa ilalim ni Pangulong Aquino. How, how valid do you think that observation is? Alam mo, ito nga nagtataka ako. Bakit, bakit bine-blame yung Aquino government? Bakit hindi blame ang China? Sila yung gumawa ng gulo doon. Sinwarm yung Scarborough Shoal with at least 20 ships Ilan sa atin, we had one Coast Guard and one Bifar ship, dalawa. So bakit natin bine-blame yung Aquino government? Ang may kasalanan talaga is China kasi bakit sila nangaagaw ng hindi kanila? So bakit bine-blame natin yung government natin? Well, just to remind listeners, no, kasi this might be uh, an esoteric uh, matter now, uh, <laughs> years later. No, yung Scarborough Show, significant yan kasi it's like 220 kilometers from the Luzon landmass, from Zambales. Kumbaga, you can easily fly any plane no? from Scarborough Shoal to uh, the Philippine mainland or send uh, any number of ships. Napakalapit niyan, no? And it was used by Filipinos since time immemorial. So, kaya medyo significant din tong Scarborough Shoal, di ba, uh, Marites? Because this was not really previously disputed dahil napakalapit niyan sa... Sa Zambales, sa Luzon mainland, no? napakalapit yan. So, any foreign presence there na hindi friendly sa atin uh, should be considered a threat. Yes, at Scarborough, doon nangingisda. Yung ating mga fishermen since since time immemorial, yung mga kwento-kwento nila. At ang napaka-interesting lang, I think, for, our, for your listeners, Howie, is that I think six fishermen, four from Zambales, two from Pangasinan, testified Dito sa international court, sa tribunal, yung kanilang experiences sa fishing na pina, pinatigil sila ng China. Sinulat nila ito in Filipino, in our language, nakalagay sa affidavits, translate into English, at sinamit sa international tribunal. Alam mo, dun napaka-touching ng mga uh, kanilang sinulat. Sinamarize ito ng one of our lawyers, ng oral hearings, na talagang makikita mo na matagal na sila doon, walang nagdi-disturb sa kanila until very recent lang yung Chinese uh, incursion sa Scarborough Shoal. So that begs the question, Marites, no? ano yung motive dyan? Bakit gusto sakupin ng China ang isang shoal na napakalapit sa Pilipinas, sa mainland uh, Luzon? Ano kaya? Ang, ano kaya ang game plan nito? Well, aside from... Generally, aside from yung need for food ng China, strategic. Kasi tandaan, remember Howie, yung Scarborough Shoal, doon nagpa-practice yung US. They, it, they used to go there with the Philippine military, nagpa-practice sila. I forget ko anong details, pero matagal dyan yung ginagamit nila for joint exercises as well as for US military exercises. So, very strategic nga because, as you said, napakalapit nga sa main island ng Luzon. At saka, dun sa ibang nakuha ng China like Mischief Reef, nakapagpatayo na sila ng Air Force or military base nila. So, hindi malayo na yun din ang design nila sa Scarborough Shoal. Although, sinabi ni then-Secretary Alan Cayetano na red line yan. That is our red line. Do not reclaim, do not build on Scarborough Shoal. Pero hindi ko na narinig yan ulit. Although yun, daw, yun ang sinabi niya noon na red line yan. And si Obama naman in 2016 also told Xi Jinping, was reported at the meeting in Washington, na red line nga itong Scarborough Shoal. So 
let's see kung anong mangyayari diyan. Well, let's see no, kung ano nga yung magiging uh, role ng Amerika dito sa region natin. Kung maalala natin, uh, under Obama, did a pivot towards Asia to a certain extent, di ba? Bumisita pa sa atin si Foreign Secretary Hillary Clinton noon, etc. to make those kinds of statements. And then, of course, under Donald Trump, uh, naging mas uh, isolationist ang uh, Amerika. And now, with the new presidency, Biden has become a bit more global. So, pabago-bago rin ang uh, US. No? May kredibilidad pa ba ang uh, Amerika dito sa ating region? Considering ang dami ng ginagawa ng China, mukhang wala naman masyadong ginagawa itong Amerika despite the fact na meron tayong one of the oldest military uh, alliances in the world. No? is between the Philippines and uh, the United States. Under Biden, mas klaro ang policy nila towards China. Diba the three C's? Sabi nila, one, they will cooperate. They will compete and they will confront China when necessary. So, importante yan kasi sinabi na yan ni, ni, foreign, ni State Secretary Blinken. Uh, paulit-ulit yan. So, nung tinatanong siya about China, lagi niya sinasagot, we will compete, cooperate, confront if necessary. So, dito sa South China Sea, parang may appetite na ang US to send stronger signals to China. Unlike nung time ni Obama na nagkaroon pa ng debates, anong gagawin natin sa Scarborough, yung US Navy, sasabi, oh, dapat stronger signal, President Obama. Dapat presence natin, andun tayo. Pero that was not the policy. So, of course, this is all coming from a general policy ng US, pero mas nakikita ko na mas magiging involved sila ito sa South China Sea Maritime Dispute. It's one thing no, the, to send these signals, no? but the U.S. does have uh, still the biggest military force in the world. No? <laughs> uh, ano naman yung pwede niyang gawin in terms of defending the Philippines? Nung nanalo na ang Philippines sa uh, International Arbitral Tribunal noong 2016, nag-resume, hindi ko alam kung natigil, pero naging active ang U.S. sa Freedom of Navigation Operations, pati France, meaning nag-sail yung mga warships nila sa South China Sea invoking freedom of navigation tsaka yung arbitral ruling nga na walang historical basis yung nine dash line. So nakikita ko magiging mas madalas ito and magkakaroon siguro ng more Philippine Navy to US Navy cooperation at ang binabantayan ngayon is Philippine Coast Guard to US Coast Guard cooperation. Yun ang bago. Yun ang hindi pa uh, masyadong na umpisahan. Pero importante yan kasi civilians nga ang dapat ipadala dyan eh, sa patrol, hindi yung Navy. Kailangan natin ng Coast Guard presence sa West Philippine Sea. Okay, moving forward, no? Ano ba yung best and worst case scenarios for the Philippines in the next uh, few years, no? Based on current uh, trends and also yung uh, policy options ng Pilipinas. Ano yung best case scenario first? Wow, ang best case scenario, siguro magkaroon muna ng change of leadership bago magkaroon ng change of policy. It depends din kung sinong mananalo sa 2022 elections natin. Pero ang pinaka-ideal talaga, best case, is yung even handling of foreign powers. Hindi yung ife-favor mo yung isa over the other, like China over the US. Dito sa Asia, may isa pang power dito, India. Nag-cultivate ba si Duterte ng relations with India? Hindi. 
So kailangan mas uh, informed yung foreign policy natin based on even relationship with the powers in the region, including Australia and uh, Japan. Yun ang nakikita ko. But hindi kasi mangyayari ito ngayon. So sana yung mapipiling next leader, eh, mas malawak yung pananaw at mas uh, skillful sa diplomacy para sa benefit din ng Philippines. At saka nabanggit ko na yata kanina yung mga best case scenario, yung mga suggestions na na nailabas. Nandito na sa open access, we can all access them, nasa resources online, yung mga cooperation nga with international organizations, with ASEAN, support from foreign powers, tsaka yung define mo na yung boundaries mo with other claimant countries para hindi na kayo nagkakaroon ng tension. It's just to be together and send a signal nga to China na, look, we're working together, kaming mga bansa dito, so mag-ingat kayo. You have to think twice before entering this area. At kailangan-kailangan turuan ang ating mga youth, the Filipinos, from elementary to college. Hindi ko kasi natutunan to eh. Yung maritime history natin. Now, we are a maritime country. We're an archipelago. We are number five in terms of the longest coastline in the world. Ang laki-laki, ang haba-haba ng coastline natin. Yet, lupa. Lupa yung ating history. Hindi natin tinitignan yung maritime history. So yun sana, compared to China, na tinuturoan nila yung mga bata hanggang kolehyo, na kanila ang South China Sea. Yun nga, with a, mayroon din silang sariling mapa, pero as nabanggit mo na Hawi, na-prove na natin yan sa international court. And of course, uh, kasama dito sa konteksto natin yung nangyayari din sa loob ng China, no? which is where Xi Jinping's popularity is is very high. He might be around uh, leading China for, for a number of more years. No? And yung ekonomiya at yung militar ng China, they're still growing. They're also a leader in, in technology and e-commerce, uh, the internet, etc. No? Yung nationalist spirit din ng uh, Chinese population ay mataas Din, eh, no? So, all of these trends would be helping fuel nga, uh, some of these global ambitions. Uh, diba? So, susunod kong tanong, ano ba yung worst case scenario? Ang worst case scenario is talagang doormat tayo. Na, oo sa lahat, kahit sa loans, ang loans ng China mas mataas ang interest rates kesa sa loans from Japan. Remember, Japan pa rin ang biggest official aid donor natin. So, dapat bukas na bukas yung mata na Yes, tatanggap tayo ng ganitong grants, ng ganitong loans, ng ganitong investments, pero meron din tayong good relations with other countries for investments, for trade. Nagbabalance tayo kasi maliit nga tayong bansa, hindi pa tayo pwedeng doormat na tatapak-tapakan. Okay, how should we be marking the fifth anniversary milestone of the International Tribunal decision which was favorable to the Philippines? Nako, every year kasi, every year, whenever nag, nag dumarating yung July 12, parang ha, ano na nangyayari sa ating bansa? Ang tanong dyan eh, na-squander ba yung opportunity? So siguro, alam mo, dito sa fifth year, reflection talaga eh. It's really a time to reflect kasi crucial last year na ni President Duterte. Time of reflection. Ano ang nangyari ng limang taon na nanalo tayo five years since we won the arbitral case versus China? 
What's the most important takeaway that the Philippine public should know from your book? Anong pinaka-importanting takeaway mula sa rock solid yung inyong uh, libro tungkol sa uh, decision ng International Tribunal? Ang pinaka-importante dyan ay ipinaglaban ng isang maliit na bansa ang rule of law. Yung rule of law, napaka-basic sa demokrasya natin. Kung walang rule of law, mahinang-mahinang ating democracy. So nang lumaban ang isang maliit na bansa versus uh, isang higante at nanalo pa tayo. So yun yung feeling na sana makuha natin na courage, tumayo tayo against China. Pangalawa, nanalo tayo, na-uphold yung rule of law. Ito yung mga, I think, pangmatagalang thoughts na mag-stay sa atin. Uh, maraming salamat sa iyong uh, pananaw at panahon. Uh, Maritas Vitog, journalist at author ng Rock Solid, yung libro tungkol sa dispute sa pagitan ng Pilipinas sa China at sa pagkapanalo ng Pilipinas sa International Tribunal sa The Hague. Thank you. Mabuhay ka, Marites. Okay, welcome. Salamat din. This story was produced by the team of Aubrey de la Cruz and Pau Requesto and edited by J.R. Magtoto with the wonderful people of GMA News and Public Affairs Digital and GMA Post Production. We've been happy to note that many of you listeners stay for the entire conversation. That's a really good sign. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Till the next pod, stay safe everyone. Ingat lagi.